You're now experiencing the AJ Nashville podcast. Real people, real problems, real success stories. What's up, guys? Alex here, AJNashville.com, here with Luis. What's up, guys? Hello. People can't see your hand go up, you know, so... Uh, anyways, I hope everyone's having a great week. As you've seen, if you're in the industry or if you just even watch the news, watch TV or get alerts on your phone, the economy has been doing some weird things, especially when it comes to the treasury. The uh, 10-year treasury is obviously inverted, which means that it has dipped below the two-year. Now, typically when we see something like this, we see something very fancy that people call a recession. And I know that some of you listening to probably most of you listen that are listening to this remember the recession of 2008, 2009 and kind of some of the crazy things that went along with that. Now, now let's keep in mind that recession was to, was fueled by a lot of different factors. One of those factors being inflation. One of those factors also being the fact that people bought homes that they they just couldn't afford, you know, and in this case, we're not seeing that anymore. We're not seeing that same issue although being in the financial industry we do see people that kind of max out what it is that they can afford and the thing is some of you listening say well if they're maxing it out then why are you approving them for a loan well the fact is the government tells us that we cannot deny a person if they qualify for something we can't tell them no you can't get financed by us for this home that would be considered discrimination and that would put us in a spot that would leave us homeless because we would lose our jobs and our licenses. So let's talk about this looming recession. You know, this is something that people have predicted. The experts have predicted for the past couple of years. And there's some telltale signs when you see a spike in employment, you see a, a level of unemployment that's as low as it is today. Then typically a recession is right on its way, right behind it. Statistically and historically, that's been some factual data that we can see. And there's no denying something that you've seen a pattern of over and over throughout time. You know, this isn't something new. This isn't something that somebody put together an algorithm and said, well, you know what, if this happens, this is going to happen. This has been tried and tested over time. Now, do we think we're going to see a recession like the one that we saw back in 2008? I'm not an expert in that field, but my guess is based on the type of person that we see qualified for homes, I don't think that's going to be the same case. We're not going to see the same enormous impact that we saw back then. But I mean, let's face it, economies across the world are tanking right now. You have some countries that are offering interest rates at below 0%. Luis, imagine Hold on a second. below below 0%, 0%. Like negative, negative, like, like uh, I can't, I think it was Finland that was offering 50 basis points below 0%. So if you bought a million dollar home, you would pay uh, nine, $995,000 for that home. So it's a small number, but what they're trying to do is they're trying to stimulate that economy to get people to buy homes there, you know, and it's, it's crazy when you see something like that. And most people, the thought is, well, heck, if, if we can get a, a home at 0% or less than zero, let's do that. That's great. It's not because the economy is in some serious trouble. If that's the case, if you're buying and bear in mind, we're seeing it in interest rates now. We're seeing a situation where rates are once again at historic lows. You know, initially when they hit historic lows, that was because the government had to stimulate the economy to drive it back to a position where people were buying again. They stimulated the economy to get us out of the recession that we were in prior. 
So now we're seeing where the government has pulled back their money a little bit. Now, granted, they, they did make the rate cuts that we talked about, but we're seeing this dip in the, the direction where we're actually going to experience another recession. So that being said, what does a recession mean? The biggest advice that I've given to people, and this is people that I know and that I'm close with, and obviously you as a listener, and other loan officers especially, because the fact of the matter is not every loan officer is in tune with the market like I am or like other people are. I'm not saying I'm the most educated loan officer out there, but what I am saying is there's a lot of people that just kind of go and don't know why they're going. And the advice I gave is save, save, save. Pay off as much debt as you can, save as much money as possible. The fact is a lot of loan officers are going to experience a dramatic increase in income. And what are they going to do? You ever seen the big short? I have not. Okay. So there's a funny line in the big short and the guy says, last year I was a bartender. This year I bought a boat. And that what's funny about it is you have people that jump into the industry. This is, you know, realtors and and loan officers alike. They see what they assume to be as easy money and they jump in the industry and here's what happens. They, they usually work at a company that does some, some factory type work. And when I mean factory work, I don't mean that they're sitting there and they're putting stuff together. I mean that they're sitting there and they're dialing and they're calling and they're telling people interest rates have went down and they're refinancing and they're moving on to the next, next transaction. In the meantime, they're making tens of thousands of dollars that they have never made before. And then they're going out and they're buying their nice Ferraris or their boats or their big houses. And they are oblivious to the fact that we're getting ready to knock on Doomsday's door. You know, now when I say Doomsday, once again, I don't know how bad the recession is going to be. What I do know is historically, if you look at 2008, it was bad. Do we expect that same thing? We don't. You know, the thing is that experts are predicting is it's going to help level out the market a little bit, which will be good. But there's definitely going to be a downturn. You see with every recession, you see a loss of jobs. So that means, you know, mom and pop who work full time to provide for their children, to make the house note, to pay for the, the car payment, to send their kids to private school are going to lose the ability to do that. Now, who is mom and pop? I don't know. I don't know whose market this is going to affect more. But what I do know is if you're in an industry that is thriving off the current economy and the, the increase of sale of homes and the financing of homes, you need to be very cautious of what you do with your money. One of the best and most experienced experts in what we're talking about right now advises people to buy gold. You know, you're seeing gold prices go up. You're seeing silver prices go up. Uh, other people I've talked to say, hey, wait around and, and start buying properties. Properties are going to start selling cheap. Here's the downside to that. If properties are selling cheap, that means they're more than likely distressed. That means that people are in a position where they've maxed out their finances. And we see this every day. I mean, Luis, how many people do we have? And we're like, hey, this is what you qualify for. And then they come back $10,000 higher, still wanting that same loan. You know, it's, it's not irresponsible it's lending as much as it's irresponsible borrowing. Once again, we can't legally tell someone that qualifies for a particular home, meaning that their income and assets and everything fall into place. We can't go and say, sir, you can't have this loan. Because if they say, why not? And we say, because it's irresponsible for you to borrow this money. Well, then I'm going somewhere else. Not only are they going somewhere else, but we can't make that decision for them, you know? If they qualify, if they fall in the means of, of guidelines, then they can buy the home. Right. You know, we're not in a situation like we were back in 2008, 2009 and years prior to that, where if you can can fog up a mirror, you can buy a house. 
I mean, no income, no assets, stated income, stated assets, 550 credit scores, 520, 100% financing, pick a pay, negative amortization, you know, 327s, 228s, which are all adjustable rate type mortgages. You know, here's the thing. I, I worked and lived through that recession. You know, I was, uh, I was in it at a time where you would literally walk down to a lender's office and drop off the paper, you would hand it to the the underwriter and they would underwrite the file on the spot, basically. I mean, the housing market was much different, but there was also a, a idea or a thought that everybody should own a home. Now, I agree. Everybody should have access. Every U.S. citizen or person that is here legally should have full rights and access to buy a home. But not everybody should purchase a home. The fact is... You have to show some financial fitness and financial performance to justify buying a home. Now, now, if you have a person who, let's say, they've just gotten out of a, a hard time financially and they're building up their savings and they're getting back to where they need to be, if they need a little bit of a, a hand up, as I call it, not a handout, but a hand up in order to purchase a home, should they be able to buy one? Well, yeah, you know, as long as you've shown the, that you can get in a position where financially you're doing things responsibly. Now you have other people, which I, I, I call them credit criminals, people that reoffend over and over and over people that, you know, they get a credit card and they max it out and then they don't pay. And then they get another one and they max it out and they don't pay it. Should they buy a home? No, no. that doesn't mean they shouldn't have the right. The right is still there. If they get their stuff in line, it's still there to purchase. You know, you have a lot of companies that will offer down payment assistance and things like that. Do I think that clients should have access to down payment assistance? Well, you know what? I grew up in a situation where the odds of my mother when we were growing up ever having the additional funds to purchase a home were zero. You know, the fact was, is the money went to food, gas, electricity, things like that, that are requirements to live. And a little bit of money would get set aside if there was a little money there. Is she a person I believe or feel should have been able to buy a home with maybe some down payment assistance? Yeah. I mean, she paid her bills on time. You know, the fact is she couldn't get far enough ahead to get three and a half percent down. Three and a half percent down is a lot of money. You know, if you're talking about a two hundred thousand dollar loan, you're talking about seven grand that a person would have to save. I will tell you, when you're a single mother with two mouths to feed and doing it on your own, you don't have the ability to save seven grand in most cases. At least the average American doesn't. So do I feel like a person that's demonstrated the ability to save something, should they be able to get into a home? Sure. Why not? You know. So the difference is, I think, from this recession that we're, we're staring at compared to the one we've been through is the financial responsibility and, and lenders as a whole and investors creating a environment where not just anybody's going out and buying a home like it was back in pre-2008. You know, and a lot of people point fingers at the lenders. A lot of people say it's the lender's fault. 2008 was completely the lender's fault. I would disagree with that. Having been a person that was a lender at the time, it wasn't necessarily just us. It was the investors on Wall Street saying, open up these programs. We're willing to invest in them. I had no idea even a recession was going on. Oh, it's, it was it, in Afghanistan when this recession well, was Well, that's, that's, yeah. In that situation, you're not going to experience it the same way people that were here were. You know, but the fact was, is people always, the, the American way is to get things that you can't necessarily afford, you know. We all buy vehicles. Some of us finance them, finance them. Some of us pay cash, whether you do one or the other, it doesn't make a difference. 
The difference is, do you buy a vehicle? If you make $3,000 a month, should you buy a vehicle that costs you a thousand dollars a month? No, absolutely not. But, but do people do that? Yes, they do every single, every day. single day. Same with homes. We have this concept of keeping up with the Joneses. You know, let me buy the most expensive home that the lender will allow me to buy. And then when they get to the point where they allow them to buy that home, they still want to buy a little more. How many times have we ran into that? Every time, most of the time, most some of the time. time. I mean, you get somebody that qualifies for XYZ and then they want to buy a little more, you know? So the financial responsibility for that falls on multiple parties. It's not just the lender's fault. It's not just the investor's fault. It's not just the consumer's fault. And fortunately with regulations being like they have been, you know, over the past, ever since the recession, basically, we've tightened up on that. So people are, can afford homes now. So people aren't buying things above their means. You know, there was a, excuse me, a point in time where you could come to me and say, I'm self-employed. And I say, well, what do you do? And you could say, I am a gardener. And I could get three letters of reference, three people that say you do their gardening and they could say you pay, they pay you $500 a week per person. And we would take that as if that was the income and that's how you would qualify. Or if your score was high enough, you could walk in. And as long as your score was there, we didn't even have to show that you had employment or that you had money in the bank or that you had any money coming in and you would get 100% financing. Like imagine that. And at the time, that was something that was very acceptable. It was something that if you didn't do it, 15 people down the road would do it. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody at that time wanted to be a loan officer. And at that time, if you looked at it, once all that collapse happened, you know, the old, the old saying was, what's one job you would never want? You know, basically from the perception of the public, what's one job you would never want to be? And it used to be, I'd never want to be a used car salesman. You know, <laughs> used car salesmen, they have... They have those bad reputations. Used car salesmen are are no different than anyone else, but there's always a perception that those people are out to crook people. And when the recession hit, it flipped. And when they asked, what would you not want to be? The answer was loan officer. You know, could you imagine being in the environment we're being in now? We're, we're in a respected position, but there was a point in time where that position was no longer respected. Right now we're faced with a potential recession with the possibility of these other tech companies coming in and basically shutting loan officers down. You know, that's where becoming a financial advisor, a debt manager, you know, where you go in and you actually sit there and do something other than take orders and just put together loan programs for people. As a mortgage loan officer, you should be advising your clients in ways that help benefit them in the future. Not if a client shows up at your door and says, I want the lowest interest rate and I want a 30 year fix and I want it now. Do you just take those orders and do it? Do we do that? No. We typically look at financial advantages. Well, what if we can pay off X, Y, and Z debt and utilize that to help leverage a monthly payment savings? Then you can utilize that money in order to pay down the mortgage balance faster. That puts you in a better overall situation. Too many people are too quick to say, hey, rates are low. Let's refinance you and let's not pay attention to anything else. You know, I was jokingly talking about a video the other day I wanted to do where people were running through the hallways. And screaming, rates are going down, rates are going down, refinance everybody you can. And then having a conversation where someone's like, why are rates going down? Because the average person that's just taking orders have no idea. So my advice to you, if you're listening to this podcast, do what you can. Start saving, start paying off credit card debt, start doing what you can to put your family in a position 
where you can save some money so you can weather the storm. I'm not trying to scare anybody, but the fact is jobs will be cut. People will lose their job that never thought they'd lose their job before. And I don't want to see anybody suffer because of it. I don't want to see anyone be put in a position where they can't afford the home their family lives in because of irresponsible financial decisions. Mark my words, loan officers, those of you that are out spending and spending and spending and buying all the new stuff and not putting your money aside, you may find yourself in a bad situation. If you're a loan officer that's that's putting money aside, investing, doing the things you have to do in order to put yourself in a safe financial position, you will literally sit around and watch your coworkers go bankrupt. It happened in 2008. Literally, I would call people that I knew were making 30, 40 grand a month, and I'd call people a couple years afterwards and talk to them about potentially refinancing, and the answer was, I lost my home. How'd you lose it? I couldn't afford the payment anymore, so I let it go back to the bank. Don't put yourself in that position. Trust me when I say this. I'm not the only person saying this. There's a lot of news articles out there. Do your research. Get educated in what's going on with the economy. Everybody thinks the rate's going down is great. It is. Take advantage of it. Save some money while you can. Work with a trusted advisor. Don't just pick up the phone and call any what we consider headset jockeys out of the book. Find a, a person that's interested in your financial growth and your financial wealth, not someone that's just interested in their paycheck. Once again, my coin phrase is people, not paychecks. So any closing words, anything like that? Mr. Luis, the quiet man today. No, I'm just quiet today because I'm learning. Yeah. Well, that's that's what we do is is we learn. And you've seen the financial breakdowns that I do when I when I do a presentation to people. Well, honestly, every single loan that's came into this office, we've helped someone. Yeah, that's whether it's a new home loan or refinance. um, It was structured. A way to benefit them for the future. Right. So, right. You know, so I totally agree with you. Yeah. Get out there. Get after it. The market's being bipolar today. If if you're watching this, if you're listening to the, to this today, you're seeing that the market opened up in a negative twist. We know this thing isn't going to go down in a straight line, but we know rates could have the potential to improve. So, if you're looking to finance, refinance, anything like that, this is the first time I've ever plugged my business on this podcast. But if you're looking to do so, feel free to reach out to me. Shoot me a private message. I'd love to see what we can do to help benefit your financial situation. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon.